Hello, I'm Susanna Clapp. I write about theatre for The Observer. And everybody always says it's a pleasure to do these things. This is really a pleasure because it is, this was a production that gave me a real um, revelatory look at a play that I've always loved. And actually, I think it's one of Shakespeare's best plays, rather undervalued, funnily enough. I mean, I've been a theatre critic for about 20 years. I've seen far fewer productions of As You Like It, usually thought to be a canonical play, than I have of The Winter's Tale, which in my view is a big mistake. Anyway, I have our Rosalind and our Celia. Rosalie Craig, you will, I'm sure, know as a floater <laughs> in the ether, in The Light Princess, um, as a singer, um, the City of Angels and um, London Road here, and now as a very original Rosalind. Patsy, I've um, really stalked, as I was telling her, <laughs> since she only two years ago made a sensational debut on the stage, acting, actually stealing a scene from Angela Lansbury in Blythe Spirit. Now that's something for somebody just out of drama school. And I want to talk to them about the originality of this production. And it's, um, well, you can see how original it is. By the way, just before we go on, uh, what proportion of people have actually seen the production? Oh, so you're not, you're not amazed by the chairs in the way that you might otherwise be. And we're not giving anything away. It's, it's visually inventive. But it also, to me, goes straight to the core of the play in this examination of female friendship. And this is why I'm so pleased to have them here. Now, let's just begin, perhaps, to begin with Rosalie. Why, when was, what was your first experience of As You Like It? Particularly to watch, you mean? Or yeah, to so to watch or to read. Was it at school or at drama um, school? Or? I suppose... Uh, I, I mean, when I went to drama school, I read all the Shakespeare's and I um, was just part of what we what we did and what you d I don't think I knew it really before then so it must have been when I was about 18 when I first knew of it or had any feelings towards it and I didn't particularly um I, I felt I feel like I didn't know it until we came to do it this time around not really really know it and actually um I'm sure we'll talk about this a bit later as well I didn't I don't actually think I really knew about it until about a few weeks ago, <laughs> because um, I suddenly, you know, suddenly you just go, oh, that's what it's about, and uh, oh, that's what these characters are saying, and then suddenly, um, uh, so I think, in answer to qu your question, only very recently have I, have I known As You Like It, and um, I agree with you, I think it's, it's an astonishing play, and one that's completely underdone, and mm -hmm. I have no idea why it would be, it's uh, maybe... Um, Maybe it's because it's got, got, got women. Well, <laughs> I, I was, it occurred to me that this may yeah. be exactly so. What about you, Patsy? I saw a production of As You Like It a few years ago at the Globe, and I was a groundling at the very front like this, and I, I thought it was a joyous production. And my friend and I had the best time. And so I had a preconceived idea of what I thought the play was and what this relationship was, and... Um, what, what was that? What was your preconceived idea? Well, I remember really liking the Celia, actually, funnily mm. enough. But I, 
I thought she was someone who was sort of someone to go, yeah, Rosalind, um, whatever mm. you whatever you think, yeah. And she was always very like positive and um, which was great. And I was well up for doing that because I'd just come off the back of a play that was quite dark and cold and I was, I was really excited to do it. It wasn't until I read it, preparing and highlighting my lines that there was a whole other story that I hadn't seen before. And I was really excited about hopefully exploring it in rehearsals, depending on what, you know. So what was that other story? So when I, when I highlighted my lines, as you do, you don't know how many lines do I have, um, <laughs> I saw that she loses a voice by the end. Like she, um, there's something happens to this character mm. where she speaks less. And um, it could be a mistake, but you have to you have to trust that the language is there for a reason. Absolutely. You've got to <coughs> say, why, why is that? And at first I had a, a much, you don't know about this, a much darker reason. Come on. But it's because I was doing a dark play at the time and I was in that mindset, but really it's not. <laughs> she murders uh, Rosalind. She murders her. <laughs> um, um, and, um, well, I thought, because there's these wonderful lines that I love saying about how much she's devoted to this mm. relationship. She, she gives up everything. She risks death. Banishment really is potential death for this girl. She's willing to leave the court, her home, what she knows, her father for Rosalind. And um, she's got these amazing lines like, um, Rosalind lacks in the love which teacheth thee that thou and I am one. I think that's one of the best lines it's in the play, like though. Mm. And because we're off also in a climate now where, um, I'm going to ramble for just a bit. Yeah, and then we're enjoying um, it. And yeah. then, um, but especially now, there's lots of films now, like Disney films now, like Frozen, and I always mention this, Frances Ha, which yes. are like, um, actually, the, the love that breaks the spells between two sisters yeah. or mm. two best friends, which is it's very rare to see, and it's always between the man and the woman, and whatever. Like that. Very rare in Shakespeare, actually, as well. I was yeah, thinking so most rare. of these sisters are spitting hell at each other. You yeah, know? exactly. I mean, you think of Lear and so on. It's yeah. Um, and I remember in rehearsals, Patsy saying something about, or saying this brilliant thing about the fact that when you find a girlfriend in the world like this, when they meet a man, it's you grieve them and you have to <laughs> li you have to lose them. And actually, part of what you so brilliantly brought up about this relationship as well is the fact that that's also a massive decision to make for both of them when you fall in love when I fall in love is the fact that it's nothing's ever going to be the same again and mm -hmm. that's also is brilliant in terms of Rosalind and her being what I think is afraid of actually doing the things she keeps going on and on about yeah. is actually falling in love and actually going for it but one of the reasons because of this strand of affection. Oh, that's interesting. So you think there's a lot of fear in Rosalind? I do. Oh, I hadn't thought about that, but I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I think, I think this whole thing about keeping a guy away from her, which is sort of a bit of a, a, a tactic in order to sort of prepare herself and, um, you know, she's, she can't go on any dates with him and, and check him out, so she's just <laughs> doing it <laughs> in a different way, like a fancy dress party, I guess. But, um, yeah, she's sort of going, uh, I don't know whether I can do this, or mm. and what if you're not right for me, and, then, and, and what if this happens? I don't, I don't think that she's somebody who's necessarily very experienced in mm. love. But yeah. uh, and this, I'm going to ask you something personal. Sure. Here. Aren't I right in saying that you had fallen in love just before you 
gave this performance. Have I, have I dreamt that? What, for this? Yes. Oh, no, I've... Well, I just got married. I oh, just before. got married. Yes, well, yes. You know. um, so I hope that I mean, I two things went together. I've fallen for him for, uh, <laughs> more than a day before that. So more than a day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's possible, isn't it? <laughs> but it is interesting because the... the, the, the um, performance that made me fall in love with this play, which I saw when I was at school, was given by Vanessa Redgrave. Yes, yes. A, a famously luminous and tremendously quivering, uh, utterly unlike your wonderful performance. Although, of course, red-haired as well. Yes. Um, and the same thing had happened to her. I think that it is true that she was... I remember another actress saying that she'd fallen in love with Tony Richardson. Oh, really? And that gave her performance an extra... Extra glow. Oh, how That's lovely. interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. I know she came back and did it when she was pregnant, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. Astonishing. Yeah, I think that's oh, filmed. Wow. Yes. I know, in a smock. Yeah. I was wonderful. thinking, how would you hide? Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did you know each other before? I knew of you. No. I knew of you. Well, I knew of you more. <laughs> anyway, but um, no, just, uh, but now we'll stalk her for the rest of my life. Oh. It was, it was a very sweet moment, actually, when they arrived. I haven't met either of them before. When they both came out of the, the darkness there and then looked at each other and said, we're wearing the same thing. <laughs> done that a couple <laughs> of times. Kind of as, if, as if they were really <laughs> sisters under the, yeah, under the skin. Yeah, yeah. So that's, um, let's talk about how you establish the closeness on stage. Because I do think that it's, it, it is a relationship, funnily enough, that is often lost and it's really the strongest the strongest that I've ever seen it in this production which makes it very moving and I'd like to talk about that and talk a bit about the rehearsal process because as a critic I'm particularly interested in how things change from the beginning to the delivery and of course also so I'm giving you rather a lot of information at the moment but from the this after this row about Benedict Cumberbatch and people going in early to previews and so on what actually changes when you're playing in front of an audience? But let's start with rehearsals. I mean, when you... I think Polly Finley's got quite a, an unusual way of rehearsing. Is that right? Or um, well, she tends to... She loves table work in the first week. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot I of um, that, yeah. finding <coughs> the core story blocks, which we all find together as a company to make sure so that we're all... So when you say table working, you're literally sitting around a table. We're really so sitting around a table. We did that for two weeks, didn't we? Two weeks. Yeah. <coughs> and um, we just... Uh, with a fine tooth comb, just just uh, finding those units that change the air on on stage, but it has to change the air for everyone on stage. Mm. We might have our own personal moments where our characters just found out a new piece of information, and that's going to be a bell in your head or whatever. But we have to make sure it's for the whole company, so we're we all make sure that we're all telling the same story, um, which I love doing. Mm. A lot of I know a lot of actors aren't um, a fan of table work; Stru they quite like yeah. to get on their feet, but um, there's something quite um, nerve-wracking about first week of rehearsal, so it's nice to have the protection of a table and just, you know, your, your pencil case and your ruler and you can just, <laughs> like, okay, we're getting to know everyone yeah. and, you know. <laughs> and um, and, um, and I did then after that, once, we've, once we know what the story is, um, we're just up on its feet, really, aren't we? we? We're yeah, just sort we of we're just working And she likes it. to play around with it. She might give you... Um, I know that our little improvisations. And she did. Th she does this great thing. I mean, I didn't know. I've only ever workshop with her before, so I'd never. Uh, perhaps you worked with her twice. Before, twice, yeah. yeah. Um, she did this brilliant thing that she would make us paraphrase uh, Shakespeare. I mean, she would make us. 
put it into our own words. But mm. you thought, oh, this is going to be easy. So you just go, oh, don't do that. She said, well, that's not what that means, is it? So you'd have to, but, but that's why we understand it so mm, well in wow. this relationship. Because if we weren't, if we didn't have one sentence or we got, we couldn't understand one word in it and oh, it yeah. moved the meaning of it, we would spend hours on it, wouldn't we? Yeah. She's an intellectual ninja. She is. So a ninja. she, <laughs> um, she, um, <laughs> it's true. And somehow you think, oh, I'll just, I quite don't quite know what that sentence means, but I'll just blag it and just yeah. kind of go, blah, blah, like mm. make it louder, or do you And she'll just go, sorry, can we go back? Yeah. What does this? She, kn she's never, I've never got away with it once. Like I know you think you will. You're when like that. you, mm. yeah, she goes, you think you know what it means. What does, what does it actually mean in your own words? You go. I don't know. And she's just like, well, it's this. And you go, okay, thank you, Polly. Like, she's just... Um, she just knows it's great. It, And she? she doesn't cut corners, which is great. I read somewhere that you um, weren't quite as used as some people were to the, the democracy of her rehearsals. And you tended to put your hand up to ask <laughs> whether... Oh, I do that in life a lot anyway. I have a... I have a they told me it's a drama school. I'm too polite, they say. But just, you know, you don't want to... So even like just a few, like a, like 20 yeah, minutes ago, I had to ask a question about whether we were allowed to swear on this. Mm. And I put my hand up. I was like, question. <laughs> um, the answer was yes, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and I I do put my hand up, and she and I do, I don't know why. Um, I I quite I I totally and utterly trust Polly, and um, I will. I mean, as long as she's she's always open to discussion. She really is, and and um, she really trusts us. We the um, um, which I I really value, but um, what she's always has the last word. I think for me, like I always, if she thinks actually I don't think that works, and it goes against my initial instinct, I'll try her instinct mm. and go. She's absolutely right. Um, so at the beginning, mm. when you f when you after you, well, when you when you were first at the table, as it were, you knew it was going to be modern dress, did you, or yes. not, or did you know about the chairs? I mean, because <laughs> I feel like well, always on the first day of rehearsals, well, not always, but m mostly you get given, you do your meet and greet and all that stuff, and then you get shown the set and hopefully some ideas for the costume. And obviously we were shown the set, but had no idea really it would look like well, this. Well, we had to wait until Friday yes. of the first week because we were gonna wait for the choir. That's so right. we could have oh. the same. So we were actually kept in suspense yeah. for four days, which is agony because that most one of the most exciting moments in rehearsal is seeing the model box. It just, it just is, yeah. I don't know why it just is, because mm. it just looks really amazing. and. Um, Makes but real, uh, Polly gave like the most amazing pitch as to why she what she felt the play was to her, and why she made the choices that she made from court to to forest, and it just made complete sense. And not only that, they had like a, a television screen showing a computerized version of yeah. what would happen with the court, and then it becoming the um, the forest, these mm. strands, and it was it was mind blowing and exciting and amazing. Because she also was like, because we want to make our literal world the synthetic, almost quite nauseating, mm. literal, naturalistic world, and then it becomes a world where anyone can become anything. Ros Rosalind can become man. Mm. We can become sheep. Mm. Um, tables and chairs can become trees. And like there'll be like origami paper. And they went, hey, if you want to, if you decide, we didn't in the end, but whatever there is in the in the court because it's all like stationary printers, scissors, whatever. Maybe scissors could become something completely different in 
in this world because I don't know what it could be, but you yeah, know, it had that. And she yeah. went, we're open to discussion. We were, you know, and so um, it felt like we could pitch in if we wanted to. It was really exciting. I was, yeah. Well, I think it's very interesting what, I, I can't remember which of you said it, that maybe this play is so little performed because it does have such strong female characters at the, at the centre. I mean, I don't know why that should be, why one thing should follow from the other, but it is, yeah. is true that it isn't. Did your sense of Rosalind change in the course of, of the rehearsal process? And, and can you give me an example of something that you would have done differently had you just lived out your original preconceptions? Sure. You know? um, well, I think when I first read it, I just was blind. Uh, so this is how I feel like it. I, I, I read it and I felt blind. And um, I was just, I basically couldn't see for the fear of how many lines. <laughs> I was thinking, I can't, I can't learn it. And then you have to calm yourself down and actually read the play. Um, <laughs> and what is it about? Um, yes, it's, cha it's changed massively. And because of Polly and because of meeting Patsy as well. But of course, my, um, I had uh, lunch with Polly before we started. And because you know, we were just thrust upon each other to, to be doing this play together. And I sat there and I said, listen, I think this is all going to be wrong, what I think about Rosalind, but here it is. And she said, no, I think, I think, I think that's exactly what I want to do. And I said, I don't think she's... Um, we talked about we didn't want Rosalind to be smug mm. and um, strutty and um, swashbuckly and all that kind of things because I said, I just, I can't bear it. I, 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 will, I will cringe and, uh, you know, I can't do that. So you can find me now. You've got time, you know. <laughs> We've got like a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, uh, but luckily we felt the same. But I think she gave me courage to um, make her quite uh, headstrong in the fact that she... Sometimes, even when I'm doing it, I think she's not very nice, or like she's quite. I feel like she's in quite. She's got quite a bad temper, or you yeah, know, she's well. very hot, hot-headed, and she's gets really stressed about things. And and I suppose that I didn't see that fully until uh, we started rehearsing it, or or it was allowed really, because obviously you have these ideas and you think, well, that's terrible, until somebody says that's all right. Actually, you can you can do that, and then the dynamic of us being able to be so honest with each other and not and not have that thing where she's just like, yes, whatever you say, Rosalind, because what <laughs> is the point of that? Yeah. Mm. That's not a friendship. It's not real, is yeah. it? It's, it's interesting. Uh, you, uh, I agree with you about the lack of niceness. Well, certainly there's tremendous forthrightness. I mean, the way she speaks to Phoebe and so on. And yes. I think what's so interesting about the play, by the way, um, what I think is about <laughs> it's interesting about the play, is that, that so many of the most wonderful speeches in it are actually given to, to, to lesser characters as well. I mean, not, I'm not only talking about Jaquies, you could argue anyway, was up there, you know, as a major mm. character, but to, to Phoebe as well. Yeah. You know, I would not be the executioner or all that. It's yes. just a wonderful, wonderful speech. Mm. It's completely fully realised. Mm. But again, a woman. Exactly. Um, but the yeah. swashbuckling thing, yeah, I so liked that. I would have thought your performance was not... It's, m it's much more genuinely androgynous yes, than, yeah. than a lot of them. It's not um, what we were talking earlier, this very useful line that comes from the play called Red Velvet, I don't know if anybody's seen it yet, about which talks about 19th century 
ways of acting. And they, they have this definition called the teapot school of acting, because everybody's sort of like that <laughs> all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh, I'd do it tonight. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and it would be very easy to do a sort of obvious kind of breaches swagger with, with Rosalind, and Absolutely. you totally don't. Well, thank you. But we, do you know what? That ca- the, the whole Ganymede thing was, I think, the biggest... Um, sorry, my Britney Spears mic. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it, it was... Uh, it, I think that was the hardest thing because... Uh, and I worried the most about that because I just... I was so fearful of doing teapot acting, mm. you know, and um, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> just uh, now. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, uh, and actually, one day, um, uh, Polly and Joe and I were in a room, and I said, right, okay, I've got it. Right, I know what to do. And we'd spend hours, Saturdays, hours agonising on these forest scenes and just leaving, feeling depressed and going, we're never going to get it, don't understand it, you know, I don't know what to do. And then I, Polly and I both just went, well, She's pretending to be someone she knows. She's doing an impression of a guy. And as soon as you go, oh, she's just attempting to do an impression. And I thought, well, I'm just going to do an impression of somebody I know. And that's what that. Oh, I w- and that was I still. Was, and what was it really? Somebody you knew? Can we yeah. know who? What <laughs> 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 I should say. <laughs> okay, right. This is like trust circle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all make a vow. So i just been doing Wonder.land with Damon. Orban, and um, I was like, it's Damon Orban, I'm going to do Damon Orban. (laughs) So basically, I just tried to make Polly laugh as much as possible for about a week, doing an impression of him, and that's sort of, obviously it's not him throughout, but it's in the the most sort of um, judgmental moments. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) Maybe we get rid of this for the podcast? Um, No, no. (laughs) It's me doing the sort of... You know, impression of him going, that's not right, is it? You know, because that's what he'd do to me in rehearsals. So I just thought I'd just channel him. That's so much fun. How about you, Patsy? How did you decide? Because you managed to... I particularly remember a, a moment when you're behind her here and you're sort of... I can't actually remember what speeches I should, but I, I can't. Um, and you're sort of... She's going on a bit and you're kind of pulling a face. And yet... At the same time, so you're both sceptical, but you are genuinely loving. Um, and uh, that was such a wonderful thing, because normally, with the Celia's I've seen, though I have to say, actually, the Celia with Vanessa Redgrave was not this, and it was Rosalind Knight, in other words, Marion Elliott's mother. No, was it? <gasps> I looked it up today, oh, I, d- wow. I completely forgot. Mm. She was extraordinary. But, wow. but, you, but you managed to be sceptical and... Affectionate, and yeah. I wondered how you was that modelled on. Do you have a sister, a best friend, or anything? Um, or I do have a best friend. Hi, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> She's over there. Um, which actually, um, I'm not sure if you know about this, but there's a, a lot of this relationship I base on on my relationship with my housemate, my best mate, mm. and um, she. Um, <coughs> Yeah, well, basically, because you were pr- protective of each other, and it also, when there's like a, cer- a potential threat to your relationship, it can manifest, um, not that this is necessarily the case, Aunt, don't worry, um, <laughs> um, it can manifest in a, no, you're wrong, you'd leave, he's not right for you, because it's just us mm. two, it's just mm. us two, forget mm. about him, it's just us, and like, that's where it, it comes from, 
a deep love of this other person. Mm. And that's why, even if it's in the, in the background going, you're mental, <laughs> or um, I don't understand you, or um, please don't leave me, it just, it, it could, or like, I don't, or, just, or skeptical um, feeling, it, 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 it's, um, it all comes from a place of utter protection and love of this other person. And that's why I'm glad that it still reads as, uh, mm. from a place of, of um, of a sister, almost as a sister mm. or a best friend. But much soulmate. more so because of the scepticism. I mm -hmm. mean, if it were mm -hmm. too cloying, well, I mean, it wouldn't be believable. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think it's very interesting that, that, that I think that perhaps female friendships are coming more to the fore in literature and drama anyway. If anybody's reading Elena Ferranti, which everybody perhaps, no? no. Let's read her. Oh, very good about female oh. friendships anyway. Oh, I'll great. Well, I'll tell you, tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> you said a very interesting thing when we were discussing what we might talk about, which was you said you wish critics would come back to a show after they've, you know, after the first night. And of course, it's very interesting to me because on the whole, you don't. Um, and I wondered what sort of thing actually did change, say, from the press night. Mm. I mean, perhaps press nights are always a nightmare anyway. I don't, I don't know. But um, yeah. um, if there was any particular bit of business or particular tightening that actually really altered. Press nights are, you know, a necessary sort of... Evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to say that, but yeah. Oh yeah look at it's all right. Yeah. I can take it. <laughs> not really, I'm not doing that directly at you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because obviously you have to work towards something. Otherwise, you just basically just continually rehearse and you'd lose your mind, wouldn't you? And you wouldn't have a, a, a goal but, um, to work towards. Mm -hmm. But particularly, um, I think particularly here as well at the National, when you have the luxury of going away from the play s for a few nights when you're in rep with another show and coming back, you sort of, um, it's always the classic thing when you finish a show, you suddenly know how to do it. Yeah. So here, when you go away and get to come back and have another stab at it, you, or you're doing your lines in your head at home, you have some time <coughs> and perspective. And certainly this play is, uh, uh, and all the things that we're all discovering together throughout our run here, I would say, it's an entirely different show. Maybe it's not when you watch it, really? but it certainly feels like it. There's, there's moments that we've never even discussed, mm -hmm. that we've suddenly, suddenly are in the play, we'll do comic moments. We've never discussed the timing of them, <coughs> we've never discussed them up until now, yeah. but they just happen because we rehearsed this play, I think, fair to say. We didn't really know it was very funny. No. Uh, we didn't rehearse it as a comedy or for laughs, I don't feel. No. So when we got into performance, it was like, wait, is this actually, oh right, it's quite amusing, oh that's good, and then, <laughs> so now there's beats that happen and moments that happen, which will be entirely different from press night because mm. we didn't know they were there. It was only through the process of, of doing it for an audience did we learn what the play is. Mm -hmm. And without an audience, and without this maturing throughout the, the run, uh, it, it, we wouldn't be doing, there's no point in theatre. There's mm. just no point because you teach us what the play is and then we go, oh right, oh right, that's how to do that moment it, when you either don't laugh or <laughs> or do or, <laughs> you know, or it's, you can hold a silence for a few minutes and you think, oh right, that's what that is. Yeah. 
I remember reading something that you said, Patsy, that, that struck me as very interesting. You said if, if it wasn't for the audience, it would just be a lot of mad people in a room <laughs> pretending, to be, to pretending to be other people. Yeah. And you're right. Um, but it is, it's, it's quite unguessable, as an I think, as an audience member, whether you're a critic or not, mm -hmm. to know what difference an audience reaction is making but oh, but wow. it is a completely different show it more or less every night it is uh, mm -hmm. depending on what how the audience is whether mm. they're very vocal or not or they laugh at different moments totally, yeah. and it and they all decide that together that's what's really mm. odd i don't i'll never understand that we yeah you? just so that there was one uh, yeah. one show we got a laugh which we never got a laugh between my phil and myself we came oh, did you? who plays um oliver and um <laughs> He, um, uh, we came off stage going, that has never got a laugh. We were like, no, but they all decided at that same moment same together moment. that that moment was funny. And we were like, what did we do? Like, or collect it, or you leave a massive pause and there's nothing from anyone. You're like, <laughs> guys, that was funny last wait night. For <laughs> wait for the laugh and yeah. stop there. Quickly move on. Did it make a difference now? Rosalie actually has a secret other career as a composer. It's outed me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what you started at. I it? did. I, I started that. I actually went to the Rose Bruford where I trained in order to go and write music. I, I've always, I always sort of loved acting and singing and all that kind of stuff. But I had, I, I think I thought I was going to be Joni Mitchell, really, and not actually... Uh, an actor. So yes, I, I do. I write music and uh, and I, I write music all the time and I never actually really do it. And I had to write music there for production. So I'd have to write an entire score for instruments and for plays like Our Country's Good. I'd have to write a score and teach it to all the actors and teach them how to play instruments and how to read music. And um, it was brilliant. I really miss it. I really, really miss it. I don't think I've... I think youth was on my side. I had quite a lot more confidence then with it. But um, in terms of... I don't know whether I'd actually be able to write a whole score now, but um, I don't know. Maybe I could. I haven't, I haven't wow. bothered to find Where's out, really. Rufus Norris? Is yeah, you know. I'll, just, I'll give him a ring in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a new idea. Yeah. <laughs> but did it, does it help you in any way? Does it help you with the choral effects here? Or does it help you with movement or perhaps it, I'm asking an impossible question it's so instinctive that you you wouldn't know but do you feel that it helps you with the musicality of of a language perhaps or, or the without the doubt yeah. uh, without doubt and I think uh, I noticed that that sometimes um, how can I put this into words sometimes for example uh, when I was doing the light the light princess here I'd have big long essentially monologues that are set to music, you know, so I, I would have to figure out a way of how to make that interesting and, and hold for that amount of time and to take it on a journey, I guess, for want of a be better expression. But I feel that in this, especially in some of the speeches where I'm just talking uh, to Orlando about love, and I think... I have to play this like a piece of music. Mm. So I have to start here, and maybe I have to do a crescendo there, or I have to slow down this phrase here. And I really, really, really still change that night after night, which I would do still with a song if I was doing it. I would never sing it the same. I mean, apart from mm. the musical structure, I would try and change it. 
Um, so yeah, it does. It's helped me immensely, actually. Are there any particular bits that are very difficult? I, I, I asked particularly because an actor was telling me that that this obviously doesn't apply to you, but in but Jake, the Seven Ages of Man, yeah. So many people dry on that because it's so oh. famous oh God, that, awful, that yeah. there's a sort of panic sets in. Mm. Um, but in a funny sort of way, the, the, the speeches of the women in As You Like It are not as famous. They're not. No, there's some there? phrases that are. Mm. Um, oh, God, I've completely forgotten all of them <laughs> now. Uh, this, yeah, this... Uh, Sorry, I've completely. No, but I, w I was just wondering whether there was any particular bits that were difficult to say. I mean, the, the, see, the thing that I remember Vanessa Redgrave saying was the way when she said, and I set him every day to woo me. Oh. And you, know, you hear her voice sort of sliding down yeah. and, and beginning to cajole him into this elaborate pretense. Yeah. But you presumably didn't, before you were going on, listen to other performances. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Uh, only because. Um, you'll be so tempted to do yeah. an impression of them, or indeed, uh, I think I watched the Kenneth Branagh film version of it. Um, I mean, not that we were going to recreate anybody else's performance, obviously, but um, I, I find all that quite terrifying, I don't know about you, to, to watch other people do the It'd be roles. nice to also approach a classical text as if it was a new piece of writing. Yeah. You have to. And yeah. I, I sometimes, like, I, I hope and I, and I urge people because I, I, I can sense sometimes that there are certain audiences who have a preconceived idea of what they think the show should be. Yeah. And it would be so much more liberating for and us rehearsing it and everyone else watching it. Just pretend you haven't seen it before and, mm. and see if you, you know, fo can follow the story and find something new in it. And, um, but I mean, it, that's impossible. People are going to compare and people are going to, and that's fine. And of course, because we have a theatre history that we must always like, you know, um, look back to and learn from and, and all of that. Um, but uh, I, I tend to not um, uh, watch anything mm. that's remotely connected to the show that I'm about to do because um, I'll always, I just, I will copy it. <laughs> I know I will. Like yeah. I just, that's just it'll just be in your brain, won't it? Yeah, uh, that she did that quite well. Let's just still do yeah. that rather than it coming from me listening to what the other person's just said yeah. and just recreating a moment that's nothing to do with the scene that we're just having. So, I want to talk about the whole business of gender bending. <laughs> but was I just a specific question for Patsy before then? Which is that I read somewhere that you, you both your parents are Spanish. Mm. And I think you said that that had a sort of influence on it almost going to Spain. Yeah. Made you become an actress in some way, or enabled your acting. And I'm curious to know well, what that is. I, I'm not confident in my Spanish, especially when it comes to speaking to my family, because I can hear it. Like, I just don't, I, I can understand it all. I can have a conversation, but... Um, in order to communicate, I can't always feel 100% myself when I'm speaking in Spanish because if I was to really fully embrace it, I'd have to, it's a physical thing as well. My shoulders would start to be, start to use and I'd start to use my hands and I'd, I'd feel like I'm taking the mick because that's not usually <laughs> how I am. So, and, and there's a, um, my humour doesn't necessarily translate in the language either so in order to show who I really am because I can be also sometimes my words fail me and I just have to express myself physically and facially that's how I could show I could I could get to know my family my family could get to know me over my uncles and my aunts and my cousins so whenever I I didn't quite know 
what to say, but I wanted to show that I was feeling awkward or really <laughs> enjoying it, I'd just pull a face. And, um, and they'd find that really amusing and I could see that, oh, I could actually still communicate and have a, you know, and have fun and like laugh at each other. Just, you know, and th I don't know necessarily that helped me become an actor, but it, 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 it did show that I could, um, or make people laugh anyway, make my family laugh, because I certainly can't, you know, verbally with language, um, you know, tickle them, but still. Well, um, you can certainly tickle us on stage, <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's um, <laughs> Let's just talk a little bit about, um, well, you've talked about what it is to, to imitate without swashbuckling. <laughs> um, but I'm interested, of course, uh, I think everybody is, in gender reversal on the stage at the moment. And, and do you have feelings about, for example, all female productions of Shakespeare or? Oh, thanks, Kirsty. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, if you don't, it's all no. right. You don't have to, but um, I'm curious. Did I you mean, I don't feel necessarily territorial about it. I, I, I was thrilled to hear uh, about Twelfth Night here with um, is it Tamsin, Tamsin yes. Greg doing it. Things like that, I think, oh, brilliant. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, she's an astonishing actress as mm -hmm. well. I, I want, I love, it's, it's an exciting thing to, to, to think about coming to see, but um, I, I'm just pro it, I guess. Mm. I just think, why not? It was done with men for years. Exactly, yeah. So why shouldn't we have a go at all their parts <laughs> as well, if they had a go at ours, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I feel exactly the same, mm. <laughs> and also, um, also like selfishly. I mean, there's just amazing male parts, yeah. and I just I want to say those words. I want no. to see that too. And you know, if someone's going to give us an opportunity to do it, I I'm not going to worry about offending anyone actually, because it's not that you know why not? It's playful. And what's amazing about Shakespeare, and the reason why we do numerous productions every year for our, like people finding something new with it all the time and you know I he's quite good as well isn't he Shakespeare <laughs> it's not bad <laughs> it's pretty yeah good <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's also actually interesting how well, I think two things if you watch any of the what I consider great productions or female productions at the Donmar yeah it's interesting how quickly you forget you do you, mm. I mean because you're actually just you know listening to these wonderful speeches given by yeah. these extraordinary actresses word I still use mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but the um, the other thing is, of course, how many parts are not really gendered. I mean, there's no reason why the fool has to be a bloke oh, in Leo. Um, and I can't understand why it's not more often done with a, with a woman. So step up. Now, um, I think lots I of directors want to do productions with women in a lot of the parts. Yeah. Still, I mean, uh, Marion Elliott w wants to do that with m nearly all the Shakespeare's, you know, just put women in the, in the centre. I mean, that's what excites her. So... Um, I don't know why, I've just put I think especially because you mentioned her mum, but mm. yeah, uh, uh, I think it should happen more. And like you say, just in roles, it doesn't have to be an all-female production. Say if just one of the parts just happened to be a woman, that's great. Mm. Why not? That's, yeah, no, I think you can re-educate, you can, it's interesting how quickly your eye and ear can be re-educated. Yeah. So that you realise that, 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 you know, some of these things that strike you as being tremendously obtrusive to begin with. Yeah completely don't matter yeah <laughs> anyway thank you so much <laughs> it's just such a pleasure to pleasure hear you too. on these wonderful creations that you thank you